Welcome to the Falling Skies cast, the first podcast dedicated to Falling Skies on TNT. Hello and welcome back to the Falling Skies cast. I am Jimmy and Georgia, your host, with you as always. And as it seems lately, not with us as always, is my lovely co-host Emmy. Yet again, the work is in the way of the podcasting. Wow, I mean, kind of stinks, right? Maybe one day you want to do something about that. <laughs> Who knows? Probably not. But anyway, we are going to move forward with yet another episode without my lovely co-host. And this week, I have decided, I put it on the Twitter and Facebook, that uh, I was only going to cover episode 9. Because I know, judging from the premiere episode... Uh, around the world, they those two episodes were not shown together as as they really were intended to be shown separately. They weren't. It was not a two-hour premiere. It was two episodes that were put together, and so I would assume the same would be the case for the finale around the world. That the two episodes would be shown as two separate episodes, and so I thought that would be probably beneficial to our international listeners, and that would help us with our coming hiatus is going to last for the next you know ten months or so, and so I thought that was a good plan. And then we'll go ahead and get started with some Fallen Skies news, I guess, in relation to that. From the Falling Skies Cast Studios, it's the Falling Skies News with Jimmy and Emmy. We are probably going to start doing a Fallen Skies rewatch. Um, yeah. Probably one episode a month over the next 10 months to go back and look for Easter eggs and hints and stuff for the future. Could be fun. And love to have your feedback in that. And I was looking at the time frame for that, and I don't know anything as far as date, dates go for next season. I just know how this season played out, and I would assume next season would be similar. And so, if it is similar, we're looking at a roughly estimated premiere date of June the 17th next summer. And so, my plan at this point would probably be release a podcast probably on the second Wednesday of each month up until then. And that would give us, you know, um, at least one podcast a month um, in the hiatus, which would be nice. And then also something to talk about as far as kind of looking for those Easter eggs. And it won't be like we have already done a recap of the show. Uh, just kind of go back and look for little little things we missed. Like I said, Easter egg type stuff. And so that'll be, I think that could be fun. And definitely would love for you to join us in that rewatch. And um, we are going to get into some regular Falling Skies news now. Um, this week. The show ended on some very high ratings with 5.62 million live viewers. And of that group, 18 to 49, the all-important part that everybody looks at was 2.53 million, which was a big jump from what it had been the last few weeks. And so definitely held strong throughout the season and increased with the finale, which is what you would love to see on a TV show. And so it's good stuff. And so we're definitely looking forward to next season. And um, one thing, too, I mentioned I'm only going to talk about Episode 9 tonight. I don't plan to have any spoilers or anything for Episode 10. Just discuss Episode 9. So if you're out there around the world, uh, don't be worried about getting spoiled for the last episode of the season. Okay, and also one other thing I wanted to mention in Falling Skies News, there is a great little website started up not too terribly long ago by um, Rob and a few of his friends called 3fbyspace.net. And I know I mentioned them a while back. They had a YouTube video for a Lady Gaga song set to like a Falling Skies theme. And now they've got their own website. They've got interviews set up with several of the um, actors on the show. They've already had one with Mike Subnight you can go listen to on their site. You can hear one with Colin Cunningham who plays Pope. And so um, there's more to come. So go check out 3fbyspace.net and 
tell them we sent you if you, if you want to like to. You don't have to, but that would be great too. All right, well, we're going to jump into our next segment of the show, and that is, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Pope Quote of the Week. And the Pope Quote of the Week comes from near the end of the episode. He has a little conversation with Maggie, and uh, <laughs> he talks about, she's basically telling him she's going to hurt him if he betrays these people, and he has this whole little spiel about being an upright citizen and things. But I'm going to let him speak for himself as we get into the Pope Quote of the Week. So first you're with Tom, then you're with Weaver. What? So you're talking to me now? Just this once. What is your plan, Tom? Oh, my plan? Little Miss Midwife with a heart of gold? You know me, Margaret. What you see is what you get. I'm just another upstanding member of the grand and glorious Second Massachusetts. All right, we're going to jump into our next little segment. This Week in History. Um, we're switching around a little bit. Typically, This Week in History is our segment where we take Tom Mason's history lessons, kind of expound upon them just a little bit, and kind of dig a little bit deeper maybe. And this week, there really wasn't a Tom Mason history lesson, which is really strange. But we did have several historical references. It could be under our pop culture section, but since they're historical references, we put them here in This Week in History. And one of those references that Pope makes that Anthony, he says um, in relation to the bomb that Anthony was trying to make and the fuse wasn't crimped properly, so he picked it up and it fell off. And he mentions Newton and gravity, the apple, that whole bit. And so basically, if you're, I'm sure you're probably familiar with Isaac Newton. He was around back in the 17th century. And in the late 1600s, he wrote um, some papers and hypotheses about gravity and the law of gravitation. And so um, that's kind of a history lesson, sort of, a little bit of. And uh, also, Pope, near the end of the episode, accuses Maggie of drinking the Kool-Aid, which is another kind of a pop culture reference, but... It is also a historical reference, and most people would probably agree that that's pretty much a reference to Jonestown. And if you're not familiar, this was an incident back in the late 70s where there was this cult leader uh, named Jim Jones, and he had uh, quite a few followers, I think close to a 1,000, maybe more that weren't there in Guyana, but he had basically set up a little town in Guyana, and um, the government of the United States was kind of investigating some things about what was going on down there. And they ended up killing like a congressman and then basically forcing over 900 people to commit a mass suicide by drinking cyanide-laced Kool-Aid, which is pretty crazy. And all 918 people died back on November 18th, 1978 down in Guyana, which is pretty crazy stuff. And um, so definitely seems to be what he was referring to there. And then one last thing Pope mentions is the Blitzkrieg. It's a German term that means, in English, lightning war. And basically, this was like a German philosophy back in World War II where they would just go in with a massive force and just take over. And it's kind of like playing Risk. I've been playing a lot of Risk lately. I bought it for the iPad. If you have an iPad, I'd say get Risk. It was only $2.99 on sale the other day. And I don't know, I have a lot of fun. Like, I have never was never a big Risk player. I think we had some copies of it growing up, but... I've only played the game in real life like twice in my life. I've played with my wife and her family out in Texas once, and then we played up in Savannah with, with some family members not too long ago again. And so, I don't know, I really like that. And and then anyway, so I've been playing that. So like, I like building up a big force and just taking over the globe. And it's really fun. I'm at risk. 
when you take over an opponent, you get to take all of their cards. And if you have so many cards, you have to turn them in to get reinforcements. And it's fun when you already have a big army and you kill somebody's forces and you get a cards and you can get like 40 more people or something. That's pretty great. But anyway, I definitely relate Blitzkrieg to the game of Risk. But anyway, we're going to move on from this into our Frolin's Cows and Pop Culture section, which was kind of related to all three of those things, but we uh, do like to have it separated out a little bit. So we're going to jump into that right now. Falling Skies and Pop Culture. The one thing I've looked around, I haven't seen anyone who's actually caught it. And if you have out there, please text me because you can do that, by the way. That number is 773 35 Skies. You can call in, leave a voicemail, or you can text that number. You can, you know, all the other ways you can um, get in hold of us, tweet us, Facebook message us, email us, comment on the blog. But I don't know the name of the cartoon they were watching. It was some old school cartoon. It wasn't a Mickey Mouse. I'm just not sure what brand it was. I'm assuming it's something that Turner that Turner owns, maybe a Warner Brothers cartoon of some sort. Didn't see any Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, anything like that. Nothing I recognized. But apparently it was pretty funny based on the reactions of the people there. Another couple, <laughs> I have actually two here that I think are kind of funny. They're not exactly a reference, I guess, but they kind of are to me at the same time. That's what made me think of, so I want to include them here. Lieutenant Danner, this lieutenant guy who just came out of nowhere, who was moving up the ranks pretty rapidly, as um, Dr. Glass said, Lieutenant Diana, I don't know, I just thought of the first gump, <laughs> totally. And so, do with that what you will. But Lieutenant Danner definitely made me think of Lieutenant Diane. I don't know, maybe not. But if it was a Forrest Gump reference, that would be kind of interesting. I know that was a Robert Zemeckis film, not a Steven Spielberg movie, so probably not, but made me think of it. And also, there's another one of those random things. It's not really a reference, but it kind of is. Okay, they're in a high school, JFK High School. And Noah Wiley's character, Tom Mason, was locked up in a boiler room. And I'm not sure about the rest of you, but when I think of a high school boiler room, um, pretty much one thing comes to mind. That would be A Nightmare on Elm Street and Freddy Krueger. Um, as you probably know the story from the movies, that is where Freddy Krueger was captured by the townsfolk <laughs> for killing their kids and was burned alive only to be become more powerful than they could ever imagine and come back and kill people in their dreams. But that is what a high school boiler room makes me think of, so... Not really reference, but as kind of kind of is, I guess. And then also we have um, Uncle Scott and Ben have a moment where they're talking about the transistors and the tubes and things. And Uncle Scott makes a reference, say, "This is the Ferrari and this is a Model T." And Ben's like, "What's a Model T?" And that would probably be most young people's um, response to that. They probably wouldn't really know the history of the automotive industry and how the first real mass production set up by Henry Ford for the Model T and that you know really made cars affordable for most people not everyone because they're still you know expensive back in those times and it was cheap you know for us but not um for for them I'm sure but anyway I think that's kind of funny all right well, we're going to get into the falling skies recap for mutiny it's time for the falling skies recap part of the show where we recap falling skies Alright, it's the second mass movie night, and they're watching the old cartoon with lots of laughter all around. All the while, Anne is breaking the bad news to Tom about the skitters. A patch of skin on Ben's back is rough like the skitters, Tom says. And Tom and Anne return to the movie, and Ben kind of looks at him and seems to make notice something is wrong. There's kind of a strange little awkward pause and moment with Ben as there's been several of those this season. Weaver's making plans for the attack in two days. They have not heard back from Di. Weaver says he's fine to let it go to Tom because Tom's kind of asking how's it going and and then we find this new Lieutenant Danner 
who says they have a problem. Anthony is the first to see and hear that Die is coming back. He's been attacked. Anthony rushes to Weaver, who orders Tom to get Anne. Anne said there was no internal damage to Ty. She notices that Lieutenant Danner has moved up the ranks. Tom lets Anne in on what happened with Weaver, but little Loudris overhears. Uh, the fourth and fifth are supposed to bring explosives, and Tom asks about them because last we heard, Ray had lost communication. Lieutenant Danner gets all angry with him, and Weaver sends out the fighters to the room. Weaver, Weaver talks to Tom for a while, calls Danner in, and sends Tom out and orders him to go on a sentry duty with Hal at first light. That night, Tom doesn't get much sleep. He's looking at the spikes on Ben's back, covers him up, and then Anne walks in and wants to talk. Laundress tells Tom that Captain Weaver came to her and got some medication. Apparently, Dr. Harris had prescribed him some drugs to go to sleep and to wake up, which was basically the classic addictive style. If he takes more than a couple of these a day, symptoms could be extreme, including paranoia, mood swings, and even hallucinations. She says if he's abusing these drugs, what happened in Boston could happen again. Hal and Tom talk about Weaver and his condition. Hal is going on the sentry mission alone, it seems. But then Tom says he can't bring any accusations without proof. And then we find out Tom has basically ordered Maggie to go along. Pope is busy making bullets along with others under his command. Anthony is working on uh, an explosive. Pope and he still don't get along after Pope killed his friend Click. He didn't crimp the fuse right. It fell out. And this we get the mention of Newton and the gravity. Matt is polishing bullets and Pope tells him it's not about quality. It's about quantity. Matt complains about not being allowed to help. Pope calls him a prince. Matt gets upset about that and asks him what it's like having hair like a girl. And they have 12 more hours to make ammo, we learn. Tom goes into the war room with Weaver. Weaver's upset to see Tom there. He tells him that he sent him on a mission. And Tom tells him he sent Hal to Maggie. Tom is being shut out of the leadership. Weaver gets defensive, says he's being insubordinate. Weaver orders Danner to secure Tom's weapons and hold him in the boiler room until further instructions. Weaver tells Jimmy he couldn't let Mason poison the ranks. Uncle Steve is missing his assistant, Matt, aw, and Ben is looking for library books. Ben starts helping by taking vacuum tubes. And we get the discussion about a model seeing a Ferrari. Uncle Steve, oh, Uncle Steve, Uncle Scott um, says if they can find the right frequency, they might be able to jam the skitter frequency. Ben cranks handle on the radio, and Uncle Scott tries to send a signal. Ben acts as if he is in pain and his back's away from the radio. Uh-oh, somebody's becoming a skitter. Lieutenant Danner is watching Tom in the boiler room. Danner, we learn, fought in Iraq and Afghanistan. Tom can't convince the lieutenant that Weaver isn't able to lead. Weaver goes to see Pope. Weaver wants four bombs now, not just one. And Pope says they don't have enough blasting fuses. And it's going to be a really short amount of time before the boom goes to dynamite. Um, Pope seems to be questioning his actions with a thoughtful glance. Perhaps. Ben is back at the radio, and Ricky walks into the classroom. Ricky asks about Uncle Scott and what he's trying to do. Ricky tells him he doesn't want to be human. Ricky says that Ben hasn't told anyone about him because he's scared and that he can feel the change coming. Pope asks how the prom was when he sees Hal and Maggie come back in. Hal tells Weaver that skitters and mechs are all down Route 119 and on Route 2. Weaver doesn't listen and says they'll take back roads and crawl through the brush and bust through the lines or whatever. He's not listening. Um, Jimmy tells Anne, Hal, and Maggie about what happened with Weaver and Tom. Anne tells Hal to bring Tom to her. Um, Jimmy goes to the boiler room saying Weaver ordered him to bring down some chow. Danner lets him in. Jimmy throws down the food, giving Tom a chance to break out, and they fight. Tom gets the advantage, and Hal helps him tie up Danner. They're off to stop Weaver. Die tells Tom that Skitters and Mechs hit Porter's post, and he's probably dead. Die got hit when a mech blew up. Porter never got a chance to give him orders. Porter said 
that the attack should have been aborted without confirmation from the fourth and the fifth that they were still there. Weaver wants the four bombs with the four legs, so he can blow them all up. We learn, you know, kind of figure that out. Weaver's planning to go ahead with the mission no matter what. Weaver finds Danner tied in the boiler room. Weaver says to keep this all from the civilians and get four men that he can trust. Ben is waiting for Uncle Scott. They're, they're friends now, apparently. Ben appears to be in pain again when the transmission is going out, and it does seem to affect his hearing. Ben says he doesn't know what it is. Tom goes to Pope and sends Matt outside the room. Tom tells Pope that Porter is dead and the other residents are probably gone. Tom wants Pope to dismantle the bombs. Weaver is looking for Tom. Anne is with Di. Tom, Hal, and Mar Maggie surprise Weaver take his weapon. Tom is still hoping that Weaver will come to his senses. Pope arrives with a weapon, interrupts this whole little thing going on, and says he couldn't defuse his charges, but Tom says he took all the blasting fuses. Weaver seems to be listening to Tom about telling everyone that Porter is dead and this is a suicide mission. Tom says that he should trust his people the way they trust him. Um, Jimmy walks in and Anne says they want to follow him. Jimmy seems to make an impact more than anything else. Weaver orders Pope to lower his weapon and that everyone will heal both sides because Tom will be right beside him. Jimmy is to gather everyone in the gym for the meeting. Weaver says that he's quit taking the pills when they got back. All right, and then Weaver tells the group tomorrow about the attack was meant to be a first strike, a coordinated effort with the support of two other regiments, but they've lost contact with them, and the, and the colonel himself might have been lost. The last order was to abort the mission unless the other regiments still exist. He says that, there's, that there could be a slim chance they're still out there, and they're going to execute the mission, and we have to be there to support them. Weaver says he needs 50 volunteers, um, 50 fighters, to go on this mission, and they should go up to the front. Tom is staying behind to keep the people safe. Matt is still following Pope around, and Pope tells him to listen to his old man so he won't end up like him. Um, he makes that Drink the Kool-Aid reference to Maggie, and she you know, he goes into his little <laughs> Pope quote of the week there, the grand and glorious. Basically, Maggie threatens Pope if she crosses the second mass, she'll get him. Hal is going to fight. He says he has to do this for Mom and Ben and Karen. Tom says good hunting. Weaver leaves Tom some mech bullets. Ben tells Tom about the signal, and Ben hearing the frequency the fighters are moving out the bus the gto the 50 cal the truck the van and several bikes all head towards the big fight and the big grand finale of the season in episode 10 and that's going to end our falling skies recap we're going to jump into the next segment of the show all right it is time for the falling skies five the five most pivotal moments of the episode number five i would go ahead and list kind of the ending to be the most um, the five, fifth most pivotal moment is when the second mass is all together and they're going off to war alone probably as far as we know at this point and uh, they're going to take their explosives and their few fighters or 50 fighters to go try to take down this structure over Boston and granted we had a little journey to go through to get to that point but that is going to be my fifth um, most important moment of the show and um, like I said I don't want to spoil anything for anyone out there internationally who may not have seen the 10th episode yet so we'll, we'll discuss that in the next week's episode and we'll go on to our fourth most pivotal moment and I think that was when Ben realizes he can hear the skitters or not necessarily hear the skitters but he kind of realizes he's becoming a skitter because he can hear the radio transmission and that is just a, kind of the, the continuation of what we learned last week about the skitters and the harnesses and how at some point the skitters weren't skitters they were something else they were harnessed and they became a skitter and all um everything's pointing to the fact that ben looks to be becoming a skitter much like ricky um as we've seen up to this point and uh, we'll see 
you know, a little more of that probably next time around. Um, for those of you who haven't seen that in the next episode, don't want to get into anything there that might can be considered a spoiler. But definitely that seems to be one of the major themes of this whole season now is what's going on with these teenagers, what's happening with these Harness kids um, that are exposed to this Harness for a prolonged period, apparently. Because these kids who are exposed to it for a shorter period doesn't does not seem to have the same effect on them. And interesting stuff there that I'm sure will keep us talking. All right, number three most important moment of the episode. Tom confronts Weaver and his seemingly just bad leadership and is thrown in the boiler room. Lieutenant Danner helps Weaver take Tom into custody. And um, I don't know what's up with this Lieutenant Danner guy. Like he definitely came out of nowhere. And as Anne commented, he's moved up to ranks quite quickly. And it's just strange. I guess Weaver, after coming back from this experience last week, the last episode where he kind of lost it, was afraid. And he even said it at one point. What are you going to do? Tell everybody what happened. He's kind of afraid of Tom and the fact that he had something over him now. He had this ace in the hole. And so he was quick to to incarcerate Tom, which was seemed really this strange. And that was definitely kind of a pretty pivotal moment. The next two pivotal moments are connected to that. Number two, the second most pivotal moment was when Tom, with the help of Jimmy and Hal, was able to escape, get to die, and learn what happened to Porter and that there were no orders. And uh, that whole area again just shows how disconnected Weaver was, how he was just not listening to reason, he was not listening to the facts, and just was going about his business to try to carry out his own mission, really a suicide mission, with no um, regards for his people, which was just bad and all around. And then our, our number one most pivotal moment of the episode, obviously, would be when Weaver comes to his senses, which was a really quick turn. It seemed like Jimmy had something to do with it. I know we've seen bits and pieces here and there of, of Weaver and Jimmy's relationship, and it definitely seems there he kind of maybe sees him as like a son almost. I mean, I think he's called him that maybe once or twice over the course of the season. Um, but not in like a, you're my son way, just in that old man calling a young man son. Sometimes that happens. And uh, definitely seems to affect him when he sees Jimmy standing up against him even. That, you know, something's not right here and he's confronted. And he turned from his, his wicked ways, if you will. And it was very a very abrupt turn, very quick turn. Um, but one that the second mass definitely needed if they were going to try to survive all of this crazy alien invasion stuff. So just some, definitely some ups and downs for Weaver these last two episodes. Um, and, and I thought it was interesting, too, as far as um, one of my theories. I think a couple of weeks ago I mentioned somebody on Facebook had asked who I thought might die. And Porter was one of those names I threw out because I do think that would be interesting to see what's going to happen. Um, say if the fourth and fifth are out there still. We don't, you know, at this point don't know. And what about the other groups? You know, we you know that the seventh is lost. Perhaps whatever group was with Porter is lost now, uh, which mostly included like the medical people and the the scientists from what we learned early on this season um, when he left Dr. Harris there with the second mass. So that's not good for the for the movement of resistance here in the Boston area. Granted, there are resistance other places, but that's not who are the focus of our show here in Falling Skies. So definitely interesting stuff going on there. So. Will Weaver rise up and take over the control of the regiments? Who knows? We'll see. All right. Well, we're going to jump into our Falling Skies feedback. Over on the Facebook, we're up to right at 120 friends over there. So thanks, everybody, who's found us over there. On the 10th, Robert says, Ideas we like, let 3F by space know if we can help. We're coming up with ideas to keep things busy during this break. 
Um, we mentioned one of my ideas earlier for the podcast um, already about the rewatch over the next 10 months, which I think will be fun. Also on the 8th, Corey says, my favorite show, excited for next season. And also on the 8th, Loretta says, what will happen to Falling Skies? Will the show be back? I hope so. And I'll let her know it was renewed. And she said, I'm very happy to know Falling Skies will be back. And then also on the 7th, Becky says, can't wait until the new season. Great show. Also on the 6th, Andrew sent us a message. And actually three, and we'll go through that real quick. It says, hey, thanks for the shout on the podcast. Technically, my name is pronounced Andro, like Andre with an O at the end. But I've been saying Andrew my whole life, so if you ever need to say my name again, you'll know. And then also, um, Andrew says, it might be just me, but I think those bumpers make a difference. I don't know if it makes it harder to edit the podcast, but I appreciate you taking the time to do so. Can't wait to see the finale. It should be epic. So thanks, Andrew, for uh, sending in... Um, those comments and uh, giving me the correction that I need. I definitely have a hard time saying names sometimes, as I pretty often mention as I try to say them. So thanks for that, Andrew. All right, over on Twitter we had several things going on over there. and a whole bunch of stuff, actually. Um, we're closing in on 600 followers over there, which is pretty amazing. Thanks, everybody. Several people mentioned some of the, the Fallen Skies chat things that were going on during the live episode here in the U.S., Alkins Jr. on the Twitter. We had a bunch of Fall Fridays from Jewel Phoenix, Love Shell G, Lisa ABT, F Schmeiser, Addy Mike 55, Jimmy in Georgia. That's me, but I still had a Fall Friday from me. So, yeah. Anyway, Falling Skies DVE. And then also, Hoku Buku says, How excited are you for the finale? Um, NZ Robert Fell, did you see our interview today? 3F by Space. And at that point, I had not. And he said it was a lot of fun. We also have one coming up with Peter and Colin soon. Here's a link. And that was the one for Maxim Knights. You can check that out over there. And the one with Colin is up. And I think the, I think he said last time he had another interview, so maybe that was the one with Peter. I'm not sure right now. But check that out. Eftermiser also mentioned the live chat during the, the finale here in the U.S. And then on our Facebook, when we hit 100 people, I was like, hey, thanks, everybody. I should say thanks to people in particular who have the last two people who signed up or whatever liked us. And uh, Leanne Alley24 on Twitter said, Yes, I feel so special. You're welcome. It's kind of hard not to like this show. It's awesome. Christina S. on the Twitter says, Rick is so annoying. Hi-Fi Style says, Since this was such a short season, how about a teaser episode for next summer? And Nana Girl on the Twitter says, Great finale. Check out all my fun recaps. Part 1 and Part 2 of the finale with a link to her website, ageofeden.blogspot.com. Brian C. Simmons on Twitter also sent us a message to an article he wrote called Falling Skies and Surviving the End of the World. So you can check his out as well. All right. Also, over on Get Glue, last check was yesterday. I think we had 557 check-ins, 436 likes, and 198 comments. And so I just want to thanks to, say thanks to Nicole for checking into episode 13, the Comic-Con panel, and episode 14 and 15. I appreciate that. And then also Tammy said, wow, what a season finale. This has been an incredible season. What now? They have to keep everybody for next season, the writers. Oh, if the writers want the story to work. Marsha says, awesome cast and even more awesome show. Don't know what to watch that the season is done. And then Ricky said, I just love this show. All-time favorite. All right, well, that's pretty much going to wrap us up here for this Thursday edition of the show, and again, it is late as always, it seems, <laughs> the last few weeks, but that's kind of how scheduling works out sometimes, and uh, we would love to have you be a part of next week's episode as we discuss the last episode for the season one of the of Fallen Skies, and you can do that in all sorts of ways. We'd love to have your voicemail. Call us at 773-35-SKIES. You can also text that number if you'd like. Um, you can also email us, fallingskiescast at gmail.com. 
We would love for you to do that. You can tweet us over on Twitter. We are the Falling Skies. Find us on Facebook and join us there. And you can find us at facebook.com slash fallingskiescast. And you can also visit our website, fallingskiescast.com, and leave comments and things there. And so we would love for your feedback to be included next. Go around. All right, well, that's going to wrap up this show. We're here in the waiting moments of this podcast and of the season. Actually, the season's over, but as far as our discussion of the season goes, and uh, we hope to see you back here next week for discussion of Episode 10 of Falling Skies Season 1. All right, well, we'll see you then. Peace. Ben cranks the hangle. Mm.